0: It is good to be still in the presence of the Lord in prayer. And over the last few weeks, as we've been looking at some of the face-to-face encounters in the Scriptures with Jesus, He's been speaking to us about prayer. And specifically, last week, we um, looked at the passage, the parable that Jesus tells about the persistent widow, and He asked the question that when He returns, will He find faith on the earth? Prayer and faith are intricately connected. In fact, prayer is in many ways the oxygen of faith. If our prayer life is weak, our faith will be weak. So the way to strengthen our faith is to grow in prayer, learning to pray God's word, learning to listen, learning to ask in accordance with his will, and learning to pray in his name which is what we're going to focus in on today. But just a moment of review. Last last week as we were exploring this, I encouraged us that to answer Jesus' question, will he find faith when he returns, that we need to be about a kingdom push, meaning we need to pray until you see him. And I know that's too many letters, but that's okay. Just here, here are the things that we want to make sure our priorities in our life, both as individuals and as a church. We want to pray until you see him with eyes of love so that he is your only focus in worship. I urge you to pray that prayer, to ask the Lord to become so real to you that he becomes your greatest desire, that your heart longs for him. We want to pray until we see his reflection, in our attitudes and our love towards others. We want to pray until we see him in the lives of our friends, our family members, our acquaintances, and even strangers that do not yet know him as Savior and as Lord. And a great way to help pursue an answer to that prayer is to participate in the training with Steiger on September 12th and then be stretched a little bit in going out and doing some outreach there at Baclowska Namastei. Um, God's gonna do some beautiful things through that. We wanna pray until you see him reflected in justice for the oppressed and for the persecuted. We wanna pray until you see him proclaimed to every people group on the face of the earth. And we wanna pray until you see him return as king of kings and lord of lords. Lord, would you teach us to pray in that way, to have a desire to see you in every aspect of our lives, both individually and collectively as a church. Lord, I pray that this morning we would see you, that we would hear from your word, we would hear from your voice. Jesus, you taught us to pray in your name to the Father, that the Father would send forth the Holy Spirit. So in Jesus' name, Father, we come before you now and ask that you would pour out your Spirit upon us and that you would speak to us. Right where we are, whatever each person here gathered needs to hear, we ask, Lord, that you would speak. And Lord, we pray that you would enable us not only to listen, but to obey. Lord, we welcome your presence, and we ask you to hear our prayer in Jesus' name. So that's our our focus today, is praying in Jesus' name. Now, this is a subject I've taught on before, but it's one that's so foundational that I want to make sure that it sticks, because Jesus makes a big emphasis, especially in his his last night with his disciples that we find in John chapter 14 through 16, which we're going to be looking at some of those verses, Jesus is instructing us about what it means to pray in his name, something that the disciples had never done before, but something that he is inviting you and I into. Now, unfortunately, oftentimes in Jesus' name for us is just a way to know that the person is winding down their prayer, It's kind of like when I look at my watch, you think maybe I'm getting ready to finish my sermon. You know, it's a sign that it's about to be done. Sometimes in all honesty, that's how we treat in Jesus' name. We're not sure where else to go or what else to pray, and so we just close with his name. And we do it meaning well, but we need to understand that when we do that, In essence, we're taking the Lord's name in vain because vain simply means in an empty way. We're treating it lightly instead of with the reverence and understanding that God calls us to. So today we wanna look at that. And so I'm gonna invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 16. We're going to look at a video clip in just a moment that has the scripture there as Jesus is is teaching, as it's visually displayed from the Luma Project. And we're gonna just look at a few verses in John 16, verses 22 through 28. So let's go ahead and play the scripture.
1: Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, A time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father.
0: is showing his heart to his disciples. He realizes that they're about to encounter a trial like nothing else they've experienced. They're going to see him, the one they've come to understand and put their faith in as the Messiah, be crucified and die. They're going to go through a crisis of belief like none other. And so he's teaching them beforehand about the thing that will sustain them, not only past his resurrection, because certainly the resurrection reaffirmed their faith and their confidence in Jesus, but he's teaching them how to pray, how to maintain that connection with him because he is going to the Father. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews that he lives to make intercession for us, that the role that Jesus has right now is that he prays for you and for I, To accomplish His purpose and His work in and through our lives, and He tells us to pray in His name. About five years ago, I preached on this, and I, I encouraged people at that time to pray backwards, meaning instead of ending your prayer in Jesus' name, that really we're better off to begin our prayer in Jesus' name, because. That way we're thinking about it at the beginning and we're submitting our thoughts to what Jesus would pray because ultimately that's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. It means we're praying what we believe Jesus would pray. So let me give you quickly just two things about what it means to pray in Jesus' name and then we're gonna dig in what I hope is, is a little bit deep into God's word here. So what does it mean to pray in his name? Well, first of all, To pray a prayer in Jesus' name is to recognize that we're coming before God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and not our own. We don't deserve to be heard by God, but Jesus does. And Jesus has granted us his life, his righteousness, his access to the very throne of God. That's why it's a good idea to begin our prayers in Jesus' name. Secondly, it not only means that we're coming in his righteousness and not our own, but it means that we're coming and we're asking what we believe Jesus would ask what he would pray in this given situation. Now think about that. How would your prayers change if you were first asking what would Jesus pray? In this circumstance, how would Jesus pray? And then we want to conform our prayer to our best understanding as revealed in his word to what Jesus would pray. If we truly wanna see our prayer life be transformed and see the power of prayer that Jesus has promised us, that's what we need to do, is learn to pray what Jesus would pray. Because he says here in verse 23 of chapter 16, truly, truly, he's saying, I'm placing my absolute confidence in what I'm about to tell you I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and look what he says, that your joy may be full. Do you realize what he's saying is that I'm inviting you to go into the presence of the Father through me because of the access that you have through faith in me and so that you can go and not only present your requests to the Lord, Not only pray and seek his presence, but so that you, your heart may receive a fullness of joy of being connected with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in prayer. That's why prayer is so important. That's why I compare it to to oxygen. Because without oxygen, everything within us begins to die. But when you Um, receive that full, fresh, full breath of oxygen, life flows through every part of who you are. That's what happens in prayer as well. And God wants to fill us with joy. Well, if we're going to pray in Jesus' name, the most important place to start is to understand what His name means in the first place, right? What does the name Jesus mean? Have you thought about that? Or is it just the name that He's called, or have you ever really explored and examined what His name means? Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua. So if you want to pray in Yeshua's name, you're doing just great, okay? Because it's the exact same name. The English equivalent would be Joshua. The Greek is Jesus, Jesus, excuse me, Hebrew is Yeshua, English is Joshua. And here's what it means. It means God, Yahweh, is salvation. Or God makes us whole, restored, and complete. Do you see why that, his name is so significant? Why there is salvation and no other name? It's because the, what his name itself says is that the way to have a relationship with God, the only way to have a relationship with God is for God to save us, for God to make us whole for God to restore us. Listen to what it said when Joseph, his stepfather, when he has a vision from the angel, when he's told about what he should name this boy that was born in Bethlehem in a manger, listen to what it says. Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For what is excuse me, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. God chose Jesus' name. Wasn't Mary, wasn't Joseph, it was God Himself. For he will save his people from their sins. He's given the definition of what his name means. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, at some point, you're looking at it and go, Well, is it Jesus or is it Emmanuel? We need to understand that, the, that Emmanuel simply means God with us. That's saying who he is. His name is Jesus, his name is God himself will save you from your sin. His identity is God with us. That's what's being revealed in the Scriptures. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus' name name means God came to us to save us from the sin that separates us from God and to make us whole. Now, what about Christ? Christ is Jesus' title. He is the Christ, which is a Greek equivalent for Messiah, or the anointed one from God. 514 times in the New Testament, Jesus and his title are stated together. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one of God, the one God chose and sent to bring salvation to you and I. So when we put it together, we see that Jesus is God's chosen, God's called God's anointed one sent to save and make us whole. And that means his name is the highest name in all of the universe. Which is why the Apostle Paul in Philippians says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's his name. And the name uh, in the Scripture is incredibly important. Uh, On the table when you came in, you may not have gotten one, um, but I have a a little insert. You can get one when you go out, or it's also on our website if you want to get it now and get it electronically. There's an insert on learning to pray some of the names of God and what those reveal to us about Him. And, And I think they can be really significant in developing and deepening your prayer life. And so if you go to the website, um, icprog.cz, and you go to media under resources, you can click on, there'll be a PDF there of this insert. And what I have here are some of the names of God as He has revealed Himself in the Scripture that can help us grow in our prayer life, in our understanding of how to relate to them. Because in the Scriptures, the name is incredibly significant. You know, we think about names and, and, and they're important, and most of us have more than one name, and, and some of us have some titles that go with it. And when I say titles, I don't mean something like a profession, although that's, that can be important. But, you know, some of my titles are I'm a husband, I'm a father. Um, I hope my most important title is that I'm a follower of Jesus. I hope it's more than a title, I hope it's the identity of who I am. But in the scriptures, Names are what reveal to us who a person is, especially when it comes to God. In the Scripture, a name implied three things. First of all, the name is the person. It's not just about them. It's not just something that they're called. It's who they are. In Psalm 138, verse 2, the psalmist says, I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. God takes his name incredibly seriously, and so should we. He has exalted it above all things. That's why he tells us and he warns us in Deuteronomy to not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The Jews had developed a a fence around the law. They had put in additional steps and one of the ways that the fence helped them try to not break the rules is what this idea was. They added 613 additional rules to what God had said was that they wouldn't actually say God's name lest they take it in vain. And so even when you would read through a a Hebrew set of scriptures, oftentimes the name, God's personal name, which we understand as Yahweh, would be uh, replaced with Hashem. And Hashem simply means the name. To make sure that they didn't take it in vain, they would avoid it completely and never use it. But Jesus is inviting us to pray in his name. He's inviting us to know him intimately and personally. The Jews had done something that God hadn't commanded. He commanded them not to take his name lightly, not to take it in vain, but he revealed himself to them through his name. So it's important that we understand who he is and we discover more about him. Because not only does the name is the name the person The name represents what we can know about the person. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 3, God says this, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, one of his names, but my name, the Lord, which is Yahweh, that's what that means when you see that, when you see in your Bibles, Lord, where it's all capitals, it's, it's the name, Yahweh, okay? I did not, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to him. He made him, his personal name known in Exodus at the burning bush to Moses. When Moses asked to see God's glory, he revealed his name to him, and he showed him his goodness. So God wants us to know him. The name also means, in the case of Jesus, that the person is actively present, he gives us this promise in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. That's the promise. When we truly gather in the name of Jesus, he promises to be with us. In prayer, there are, we enter into the union of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all three members of the Godhead are involved in our prayer life. We pray to God the Father for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. Jesus tells us that the Father already loves us. That's what he told us here in chapter 16. He's not listening just because Jesus is interceding. He's listening to our prayers because we love Jesus and have placed our faith in him. And he invites us to pray to him, to come to him. So we pray to God the Father. We pray through God the Son, in His name, Jesus, our salvation. And we pray that His love, His greatness may be known amongst all people. And we pray by and with the power of the Holy Spirit. He seeks to align our hearts to God's will, to His purpose and His timing. That's why Romans chapter 8 puts it this way. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So when you pray, you are entering into the presence of God God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You are never alone when you pray. No matter what you face, when you come to the Lord, in Jesus' name, all of God, all three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are engaged and connected to your life in prayer. Can you imagine anything more holy than that? That the God of the universe, all that he is, chooses to be with you, to open his heart and his ears to hear your prayer and to prepare to send forth an answer in response to our prayers. So that's a beginning part. That's what Jesus' name means and why it's so significant, why it's holy, and why it's important that we not just use in Jesus' name as a closing to our prayer, but we recognize who he is And what we've been given when we pray in his name. When you do that, he promises, secondly, that through his name, through Jesus' name, we will have full joy. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. The greatest joy in life is found in being and doing what God created us to be. He created us to share his life and to show his greatness. Or as the reformers um, put it, to glorify him and enjoy him forever. That's what we're designed to. And joy comes from us sharing Jesus' life and showing his greatness through our life in everything that we do, in the way that we live, in the character that is reflected within us, in the way that we pray, in the way that we serve, in the way that we love. That's what brings joy. One of the great um, mysteries is that the way... To be filled with joy is to follow Jesus' example of actually pouring your life out to God and for others. Isn't that kind of strange, a mystery? That actually the way we receive joy is to be poured out to God and for others. But here's the thing. Joy is not something you and I can manufacture. So when we pour out who we are, In love for God and for others, then His presence, His Spirit, His joy is able to fill up that which has been poured out with Himself. That's why joy comes from the Lord. And that's why the only way to get it is to pour out ourselves. It's a mystery, but it is a beautiful, beautiful mystery. So Jesus promises this, that when we truly pray in his name, our hearts will be filled with joy. Thirdly, through Jesus' name, we have eternal hope that transcends death. Listen to how in John chapter 14, Jesus begins his teaching with his disciples. John chapter 14, 15, and 16 is all done in one setting at the Lord's Supper or the Passover meal. And Jesus is teaching His disciples, and and He's having a very intimate time with them, sharing the deepest part of His heart, And, and He's reaching out to them because He knows they're about to encounter a real crisis in their life through His trial, through His crucifixion, through His burial. But that's not the end. He's preparing them for more, for His resurrection, and preparing them for the work that they will do. Here's what he says in John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. You see, God wants us to have absolute assurance that in Jesus' name, we have hope beyond death. That he is preparing a place for you and for me that is absolutely magnificent. And it's magnificent not just because of what we see in the scripture about its beauty and its wonder. It's magnificent because we come into the presence of God after sin has been fully dealt with. Completely cleansed where there is no barrier, no separation, and we're able to experience complete unity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the place He's preparing for us. And it's absolutely beautiful. And we receive that through His name, for there is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Fourthly, Through Jesus' name, we do have access to God's presence. Later on in uh, in chapter 14, verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Jesus came to show us the Father, to give us access to the Father, to invite us into his presence. And ultimately what it means is that in his name, we are completely accepted by the Father. We don't have to earn it. In fact, you can't. But when we place our faith completely in Jesus Christ, we are welcomed into the presence of God. What an incredible treasure that we have. I did a a little bit of a study this week, and I'm just going to put some of these up real real quickly uh, because I was just fascinated in going back through the Scripture to to think about what we are actually given in Jesus' name or in God's name, the treasures that we see traced all through the Scriptures that are connected to His name. Let me show you some of them, and they're not in any particular order. Matthew 18.5 tells us that we connect with others through Jesus' name. That when we come together in his name, he is with us and he unites us together. Matthew 18.20 says when we gather in in Jesus' name, he is present with us. Mark 9.39 says that we work together in Jesus' name. There's no competition between other believers, between other churches, because we are one in Jesus' name. In John 14.13, the Father is glorified when we pray in Jesus' name. In verse 26 of the same chapter, God the Father sends the Holy Spirit to us in Jesus' name, and the Spirit brings to us awareness of Jesus' words and understanding. But it comes through his name. In Zechariah 13, verse 9, God answers us because we call upon his name. In Ezekiel 20, we have mercy because of God's name and God's reputation, you see, God saved us not because we were worth saving, but for His name's sake, for His reputation. Ezekiel twenty verse nine says God's um, intervention and action is also because of His name, because of His glory, His reputation. Isaiah forty three one through seven shows us that our identity, our purpose comes from being called by God's name as, as individuals and as a people. Isaiah 42.8 says God's name reflects his glory alone and he will not share it with another. Psalm 91 says we have deliverance and protection because we know God's name. I could go on and on because there are, there are um, so many of them in the scripture. Here's the whole point. Do you see how important God's name is? That's why I want to encourage you to to not pray just in repetition, but to think about it. And I want to encourage you to to use this as an exercise to grow your prayer life, to look at some of the ways God has revealed himself through his names because he's showing us his character and his likeness. He's showing us also how to pray. See, when I'm praying for someone who needs healing, then I want to call on the name of Yahweh. Rafa, the Lord our healer, as he has revealed himself in the word. Now we're still praying to God, but it's how he has chosen to identify himself so that we know that healing comes from him. When I'm struggling with sin, I want to pray to the name that means God is our righteousness because I recognize that I can't be good on my own and I need your mercy to intercede for me, to transform me, to change me, to give me victory over sin. And so God, I'm calling upon your name because I want to be changed to reflect you. Does that make sense? Okay, I better go on. All right, finally, last, the last one Here's, here's, the, here's the reason from a, a functional standpoint that we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God gives us a power of attorney, a plenumach that invites us to come, most, excuse me, he gives us access to his power, to his authority to accomplish his purpose and his will. Now that's the thing, there, there are conditions that go with it. But God said in his word, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But do you see how the asking in my name is connected to greater works, what God has called us to do? And what Jesus has done is He entrusted us with His name, with His authority, with His power, and with His commission to accomplish His purposes. And throughout the ages, greater works have been done. Let me give you some ideas here. Do you realize that Peter and John saw more conversions on the day of Pentecost than is ever recorded of Jesus? They saw 3,000 people who were born again in one day. That's a greater work because they were coming in the name of Jesus. Jesus' ministry was regional and only encompassed Israel and Samaria. Paul and the other apostles took the gospel to Turkey, Greece, Italy, India, Ethiopia, and God used the early church to take the gospel to much of the known world, and he continues to use ordinary men, ordinary women, powered by prayer in Jesus' name to share the gospel to every people group on the face of the earth. That's part of the greater works. And it's because, as we hear in Ephesians, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that is working within us, God grants to us in Jesus' name his power. So when we pray in Jesus' name, we need to realize that we have been given something that is, that is atomic in its power. It, it is absolutely undefeatable when we use it in the right way, when we approach him in the right way. In essence, here's kind of what Jesus is saying. I, I tried to write out a power of attorney of how it might sound. I, Jesus, who now resides in heaven and has all authority granted to me by my Father, designate my follower, and that would be you, put your name right there, as my agent to act for me in my physical absence to accomplish my will and plans. This document is effective upon the date of which the designee becomes a follower of me through faith in my name and shall remain in effect until my return to the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. He's saying, I'm giving you authority to act on Jesus' behalf. As Jesus' agents, we have been authorized to act in strict fidelity as indicated in God's word to the extent of Jesus' authority, which is unending. That's why we're called in 2 Corinthians, it says, that therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. That's a prayer in Jesus' name. Even though it doesn't specifically say in Jesus' name, it's in accordance with his will. It's an act that's authorized by his name with the power of attorney. And he not only gives us authority, he gives us power. Power to do his will. As Jesus' agents, we have the power in him to accomplish his work and his purposes. He has promised us that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Here's what that means. It means when you're pursuing God, when you're surrendering your life to him and you're seeking to pray in Jesus' name, where you're aligning your life and your will and your prayer to him, you cannot fail. Period. Because God has staked his name on it. That's the beauty of what he's offering us. It means that there is the power to complete Jesus' great commission of taking his gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that he has taught. The power to do that is in his name. The power to worship in spirit and in truth is found in Jesus' name. Living in unity with every other follower and agent of Jesus is possible because of Jesus' name. He has granted us to overcome the effects of the fall. We are in a world that is in desperate need of reconciliation. The racial tension that we see that has gone on for millennia will only be answered not by political answers or government, but by hearts that are surrendered to Jesus Christ and seek to go and love others as Christ has loved us. No matter what our backgrounds, our differences, our cultures, he brings them together. The power for reconciliation is in Jesus' name. Loving our neighbor as ourself is only possible because of Jesus' name. He's given us these things. But he's given us two conditions as well. We can only act as his agent when we meet these two conditions. Number one, we must have reliance on Jesus' strength alone as we abide in him and his word abides in us. It is his power he is granting to us and through us. But we must be abiding in him. Secondly, there are restrictions. Upon an agent's power to act only as the one who grants it would act. Regardless of all the statements I made before, we cannot substitute our will for God's will ever and expect Him to answer our prayer. He has revealed His will to us in His word. And so, the conditions he places on that is that we shall not act in Jesus' way in a way that is contrary to Jesus' character, love, and holiness. This is why he, he calls us to a life that reflects who he is and the position he's given us. This is why God takes sin so seriously. Yes, it has been paid for if you've trusted Jesus Christ, but when we choose to continue to sin, It tarnishes the reputation that we're seeking to proclaim of Jesus, and it causes a barrier between us and God and us and others. Also, the conditions require that we work in unity with all of Jesus' other followers who are also working to complete the work. This is why Jesus prayed so diligently that we would be one. Do not ever take conflict lightly. Because God calls us to unity. We are together in his name. If we can learn to grasp what that truly means and have the Lord teach us to pray what Jesus would pray, to align our hearts, our lives, and our prayers to his will, we will see God do miraculous things. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us your word. I thank you that you have given us access into your presence through Jesus Christ. Jesus, we praise you that you love us so much that you now live to take our prayers to purify them, to present them to the Father and to pour out your Spirit to accomplish your work even through us. You not only saved us, you've called us into a glorious role of being your hands and your feet. Oh Lord, would you teach us to walk by faith and to truly pray in the name of Jesus that your will will be done, that your kingdom will come beginning in each of our hearts and lives today and then permeate your church that we call ICP and permeate this city with your presence, with a revival, with an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, of people coming to faith in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask in your name that you would align us to your purposes and your will and your heart and then use us, Lord, in the way that will most Proclaim your greatness and goodness on the face of the earth. This we ask in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.